welcome to episode 46 of Girl Mode. I'm one of your hosts, Robin B. And I'm Willa Rowe. And today, we gotta get... No no time to fuck around today. We gotta get in and out, because we're we're both basically thinking about Armored Core right now. And, yeah, we uh, finally got it. We'll talk about it at the end. We'll talk about it at the end. We both finally got to play Armored Core. I'm just, I just can't not be playing it. Right now, while we're recording, just in my head, I'm just seeing the Baltius fight because that's where I'm at. So just yeah. planning in my head. Literally, I, I fought Baltius before work yesterday. And the whole time I was at work, I was just like strategizing about how I was going to beat him when I got home. So <laughs> getting to the actual subject of the show, uh, this week we were handed by Nintendo and Sony uh, a, a topic this week, so we didn't have to think at all, which was very, very kind of them. Uh, Nintendo Direct happened on, I don't know, Wednesday, let's say, and then State of Play happened Thursday. Who could tell? No, they were the same day. Were they? I don't remember things. Yeah. Uh, so they were both the same day. <laughs> One was uh, significantly longer and more exciting than the other. And let's start with that one. So Nintendo Direct, uh, they opened with I a bunch of... I thought we would just start with it because it was the first one, but whatever, sure. I'm doing Felt it for like my reason, you can do it for your reasons. Okay, then. So they started the show with a bunch of, like, Mario stuff, a bunch of first-party so Mario stuff, Mario. which was very, very Mario-centric. They were, yeah, they were completely Mario-pilled this time. It looked fine, I don't know, I'm not, it's not my thing, but it looks neat. However, there was one first-party game, not about Mario... That we were both so fucking excited for. And that game is called Princess Peach colon Showtime exclamation point. I'm so excited. Looks so good. The okay, so really the what really like sold it was <laughs> Sword we Fighter knew Peach. This game existed. Yes. We knew the same existed, but we hadn't seen too much of it. And then they showed this trailer. And like a little bit into the trailer, they're like Peach is going to be able to transform outfits. And then she transforms and then she, it's sword fighter Peach. And she's just like, she's serving so much cunt. She, she looks so great. So she, hot. She's so hot. She's so lesbian coded now. Uh, somebody that I follow on Twitter posted a tweet that was like, oh my God, it's Review Starlight Peach, which um, Review Starlight is like a really famous uh, Yuri anime mm, okay. where they all basically dress like this. <laughs> cool. I'm gonna just go ahead and type that into my browser for after the podcast. Yeah, between that, between that and uh on guard, this is a great year for lesbians and in, in doublets. On guard does look really good. Uh, it's yeah, you know on guard's based on a real person. Is it really? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna find this out for you. Thank you so Hold, much. Please. Oh, okay. I'm gonna read the Wikipedia page for. Oh my God, Restarlight does look cool. I love these outfits. We're off to such a good start. You know what? Just hold on. Okay. So, On Guard was in part based upon the historical figure uh, Julie Daubigny, who was a uh, a French opera singer, but was also known for being a duelist, like a fencer. She would oh, get yes. into a bunch duels like throughout her whole life. She was known for dueling people and stealing men's bitches. 
she would constantly like have long relationships with women. Um, she was like this incredible bi duelist slash opera singer. There's a really great. Uh, do you know the YouTube series Puppet History? No. So I'm learning a show so called- much. There's a show called Puppet History. It's from these ex-BuzzFeed people. Okay. Um, but there's one one episode that they did recently is actually about Julie Daubigny. So if you like On Guard and you're intrigued by the real world history, go watch wow. it. Anyways, we back need to, to Sword bring Fighter back Peach. Dueling. I agree. It was really I've always a golden age for gays. I've wanted to get into fencing so bad mm-hmm. forever, but it's very expensive. Yes. We should play Thirsty Sword Lesbians. It is a game okay. exactly about this. Perfect. It's about getting into sword fights and flirting your way out of them, is the way that I always describe it. So, uh, Sword Fighter Peach. <laughs> yeah. Sword Fighter Peach, j- perfect. No notes. She looks great. Detective Peach. Mm-hmm. Also very cool. Also very cute. Patisserie Peach. Mm-hmm. And Kung Fu Peach. <laughs> Kung Fu Those are the ones Peach, we know yeah. so far. Yeah, they I all hope look there's great. like 50 of them. Yeah, this game looks incredible. I'm so sold. It looks really good. Like, I'm not, you know, I haven't played most Mario games. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. This one looks neat. Like, I really like how much it seems that they the outfits change things. Yeah. Because it could have just been like, you know, it all feels the same. Oh, you're, you're in your Baker Peach and you just like squirt frosting or whatever when you hit the A button. But it's just like. <laughs> Don't bad word. Don't look at me like that. You know what you did. Um, but I like that they really mix it up. It looks like that the, the play, game plays really differently, like based on mm-hmm. who you have. Or like what you know it looks really fun because it looks like each outfit is about filling a role in one of the little plays yeah. that happens because it all takes place in a theater so it's like oh you're sword fighter peach and you have to like you know save people you're detective peach and you have to solve the mystery mm-hmm. i'm like i'm so sold on this game this yeah. game's gonna rock and i like that the backgrounds too are like the backgrounds of the stage like you can they're like these like you know paper trees or whatever it's, it's very such a good look. it's very paper mario but i think there's like potential to do some really cool stuff with that like mm-hmm you know sets as a as a concept of it yeah such a like surprising highlight of the show i think for both of us a another surprising highlight only because i didn't know existed i was actually thinking about this recently because we talked about dragon's crown i think like a week or two Mm -hmm. ago and i was like damn it's been a while like it's been a minute since vanilla where came with the game i know they've like talked about they're working on it and finally at this nintendo direct they revealed it it's called Unicorn Overlord. Fantastic name. It looks so fucking good. I <laughs> Are you okay, so one thing that I've really enjoyed after like this was re- released was like when I was reading articles of just like what was announced or whatever like to prepare for this or just to kind of refresh my own memory, everyone that I've seen, the person writing has been like and there's a new fucking vanillaware game and vanillaware's the shit. It's just like it's brought all of the vanillaware freaks like out of hiding and everyone's like Mm -hmm. has revealed this like secret love for for these games that like there's so rarely a chance to talk about which is very exciting for me because i am one of those freaks i don't know what are your thoughts on vanillaware games in general i know you like like have liked some of them you seem less insane about them than me i'm less insane about them than you are like i think dragon's crown is fun i never got obsessed with it i did is is 13 sentinels their Mm -hmm. game 
Yeah. Still haven't played it. You've Sitting never on played my 13 Switch. Sentinels? I know. Everybody tells me that that's like very much a game that I will love. Yeah, dude. It's just sitting on my Switch. I'm shook. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. this. We're going to have to remedy so, this. I know. It's it Literally, I own it and it's installed on my Switch <laughs> right behind me on my TV and I just have never touched it. Yeah. I own... This has actually happened with multiple Vanillaware games. I own Dragon's Crown and 13 Sentinels on multiple platforms just because I want to be able to play them mm -hmm. in any way that I choose. So anyway, Unicorn Overlord. I will say um, we mentioned Dragon's Crown like a couple episodes ago or some like mm -hmm. recently, and we told people to look up the sorceress. I did have a friend who who sent me a message and it was just a screenshot of it was a picture of the sorceress and they were like, I looked her up. Yeah, I, I looked her up, too, after that to just go to the Google search. Mm -hmm. um, keep safe search on. It's not going to help that much, but it's do not it. going to help. Two things that I was shocked by was just like watching those animations again. Yeah. Oh, my God. They really were like ridiculous with those animations it. and then second there are official figures of the sorceress i've seen which are also very yes i've gotten really close to buying the elf figure mm -hmm. um because the elf is my favorite character i think she's so much fun to play and just like it has a very cool kind of classic design i've like i don't own any like you know fancy I toys think it would be like fun. that but i think that was one that i've come so close to being like ah i'd be so I cool i think it would be fun if i bought you the sorceress one it would be as funny. a gift yeah just as a bit um <laughs> for the bit uh yeah vanilla Ray's thing is like they have these very sort of like classic fantasy sort of stories and aesthetics but there's just something about the tone of them that i that i really enjoy there's sort of a lightness to them that that i i really like uh and the art style is just incredible like it's it's like one, their games are like some of my best, what I consider some of the best looking games. Like the, they're just are just the art style really, really hits me. And they're going for it again with uh, Unicorn Overlord. This time there's also furries, which is great. Yeah, If you couldn't tell by the Square Enix ass name, this is a tactics RPG also. Yeah, it looks like a really weird tactics RPG, though. Um, mm -hmm. I wrote like a codex for it for work and it was like. I compared it to um, Diofield Chronicle, that weird Square Enix game, where it's kind of like a yeah. real-time thing, where it seems like it's a mix between real-time and the kind of Fire Emblem, like, you know, you match with an enemy and then it brings you to the screen and they both attack each other. So I'm very curious about how it'll play. Um, I think that's another thing about Vanillaware, is they take, like, pretty well-trodden genres and just, like, tweak them in some interesting ways. And, and, and we actually, we mentioned the, um, the cooking minigame. For Dragon's yes, Crown. that's what it was. And in the trailer, they show this like incredible spread of food in one in one part. I don't know if you remember this because I watched the trailer like 16 times and you probably didn't. But I'm I'm hoping they have another cool cooking mini game. But in any case, I just they're they're like their art of food is so good. Mm -hmm. I just love it. Another thing that was shown off that I was excited about is they showed a trailer for Iodin Chronicles 100 Heroes, including a release date, which is going to be um, April 23rd, 2024. I'm excited about this game, though. Oh, my God. I've been watching this game like since it was announced. Yeah. For those who like don't know, Iodin Chronicles is the it's the Suikoden like spiritual successor from the original creator. So it's just going to be like a 
RPG with like a bunch of companions that you collect and they showed off the like whole they have like a whole town thing in this one, which like makes sense. I mm-hmm. mean, based on like Sweet Into and stuff, um, which I think will be really, really fun about like building basically your own town. And I love I'm all four games basically just stealing the HD 2D style from Square Enix. Like, yeah, it looks great. This this looks great. What was it? Uh, the new God, what's uh, that? Star Ocean. Yeah, Star Ocean Second Story R or whatever. Um, that is also doing mm-hmm. it. I'm I'm so for it. Like yeah. every game should do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think I mentioned before. I really like being able to like build a base or like a town in games that are not like exclusively about that. So I'm like very excited. I mean, that's obviously one of the reasons that Suikoden was great. But it's cool to see that like coming back here. Mm-hmm. This is actually really weird. Did you ever play Eastward? Only a little bit. I haven't. I I want to play more of it, but. Mm-hmm. It was so interesting because they like this is a game that's a couple years old at this mm-hmm. point. Um, they just out of nowhere were like, oh, we have DLC coming. Yeah. Um, and it's like going to be a new story. And also it's introducing farming. <laughs> right. Very, very strange. Cool, though. I definitely want to go back and finish Eastward. I liked mm-hmm. what I played of it. Both both the Nintendo Direct and the State of Play had two games that are a couple years old who just randomly were like, we have DLC coming. We'll get to that when we get to the state of play. But yeah. But yeah, lots of cool stuff. Uh, I, I guess the, there's a few. So you you were interested in, in a game that I I saw it and I was like, Willa's going to be hyped and I'm happy for her, but I, I don't very know hyped. anything about it. Spy Anya Operation Memories. This is a Spy X family game. Mm-hmm. I am so in. Basically, you play as Anya, who is the like the little girl in Spy Family. I don't know. It just seems like like one of those kind of just like life adventure games where you just kind of run around. and You're like, I'm going to, you know, hang out with my mom today and we're going to do exercise or I'm going to go walk the dog. The dog's name is Bond, by the way. Cute. You get it because it's about spies. No, it's very clever. This looks fucking incredible. It looks adorable. I'm so into it. Yeah, it looks really cute. I mean, I... The world needs more Spy Family content. Just, like, it's so great. This this show and this manga are great, and I'm happy to play this game. I will play this game. Yeah, you've recommended it to me before. I, I at some point, should. But yeah, it looks like a very cute game. I mean, I, I you know, I don't have the... I don't know what's going on at all. <laughs> I guess I don't know anything about Spy Family, but... But like, I mean, hey, Anya is just so adorable herself that the little pink hair and she's so great. Um, The other thing that I know we're both interested in, but like we didn't actually see this Mm because we watched the, you know, North American Nintendo Direct. But then we heard people talking about it after was there's a new game from the moon um, from the moon RPG people called Stray Children. Yeah. Looks neat. I I wish they had had this in like the the Nintendo Direct we watched. Same. Yeah, yeah, a moon, another game that I really should have finished by now. Um, <laughs> it's like it's an an old RPG that was recently mm-hmm. re-released on Switch. It's been referred to a lot as like the anti-RPG, where you the story is basically like you get sucked. You're like this character who gets sucked into a video game, and you're kind of like cleaning up after the hero. Like there's like this heroic fantasy guy who's going through and just like slaying monsters and wrecking shit. And you have to kind of like make the world function again afterward. Cause he's just like going off being a hero and actually like ruining a lot of people's lives in the process. So it's a very cool, like 
you know, conceptually. Um, and so Stray Children is a follow up to that, like decades after the after Moon was first released, which is very cool. Yeah, so it looks neat. It has a very similar like art style. I would assume it's going to have a very similar sensibility. So it seems like it has like somewhat a similar story. I mean, the trailer literally involves the like protagonist getting sucked into a TV. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the yeah. thing that I know about Moon is like a lot of people refer to it like alongside Earthbound as being the thing that really inspired Undertale. Yeah, so. it's something I think Toby Fox has like directly said mm-hmm. influenced uh, Undertale. Yeah, looks cool. Cool stuff. Yeah, so um, the Nintendo Direct happened, and then that evening was State of Play. It was surprisingly short. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, we're settling in now. Oh, it's over. All right. Yeah, the Nintendo Direct felt like a really good length, and it felt like it was pretty chock full of a lot of stuff. Um, and then the Nintendo Direct, or and then the State of Play happened. And yeah, it was like, I don't know if it was even half an hour. I don't think it was because I I missed the entire Final Fantasy segment because there was oh like something God. before that that like I wasn't that interested in. And I like got up to make myself a snack. And when I came back, the, the thing was over. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, I mean, so obviously, like the big thing that happened was Final Fantasy VII Rebirth was shown off. I I'm so excited for this game. Anytime they show this game, I just lose my fucking mind. Yeah. It's going to be so good. Like, I can't even. It looks great. I mean, yeah, the further adventures of Tifa and Aerith, like I'm always going to be down for. They showed off the Golden Saucer. They did. A bunch, like all the mini games. Oh, my God. Very exciting. You want to know my my little theory that I have um, based on the trailer alone? Yeah. I think they're going to fix one of the things that I complained about with Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is in the trailer, you see the Honeybee Inn people again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're going to make it so that you can play that mini game from the Golden Saucer. Yes, that would make a lot of sense at the Golden Saucer. Because they they need to. Because like the fact that you can't just replay that mini game was so upsetting. That was, yeah, definitely one of like the highlights of the original game. So I'm, I'm sh- it would be wild not to bring it back. Did you see the footage of Red 13 riding a chocobo? No. <laughs> look it up. You need to look it up. Okay, okay. There's like a shot because like they show off the open world traversal and like cloud and the party riding chocobos, which also implies that chocobo breeding is coming back because you see like a green chocobo and a black chocobo and all this stuff. But someone screenshotted it. This one section where you can see red 13 and and he's just like sitting astride a chocobo. God, Tifa is so fucking cool. I'm just I'm like clicking through the trailer to try to find it here i'm going to send you this link to um a reddit thread where they talk about it okay (laughs) okay that is not (laughs) (laughs) he's just like he's sitting on it like a human would and he's just like holding on to the reins even of that is not how i expected him to be sitting he's like hunched over (laughs) (laughs) did you see (laughs) oh my god so another thing was like i'm gonna make this my phone wallpaper this is so funny (laughs) so the other thing was cloud riding the segway in costa del sol did you see the thing that people started doing where they were screenshotting cloud on the segway into like other parts of final fantasy 7 oh where he goes up and sees like the serpent (laughs) yeah and he's like did sephiroth do this (laughs) 
This game's going to be incredible. Yeah, I'm I pretty hyped. Wait. Do you know what I think is going to happen also? I think this game is going to have, like, we all know there's, like, timeline shenanigans going on in, like, alternate universes. I think we're going to be playing two games, essentially. Because hmm. we're going to be playing one that is the continuation of Remake, which is, you know, we're Cloud and we're essentially going through the original game with tweaks. I think we're also going to be playing as Zack in, like, a new story. That would be great. It is starting to seem said, like he's definitely a much bigger part. Like he's he's showing up a lot more mm-hmm. at this point in the story than he would have originally, which is and there is like there's that art from the there's that art from the, you know, the cover or whatever with Zach Sephiroth and Cloud. And it, they made some comment like this is the a story of like three different worlds. It's Clouds, Sephiroth's, and Zach. Listen, I do we have to avoid spoilers for Final Fantasy VII? No. Okay, so like obviously spoilers this is a big for change because, a game that's been out for twenty five years or whatever. Yeah, like obviously Zach is supposed to be dead, mm-hmm. but the fact that in remake we end with like we see the changed history of him surviving the like encounter with the Shinra people outside of Midgar, and they even have tweeted they like tweeted a bunch of character portraits with like little blurbs, and they tweeted one of Zach, and it was like Zach like has taken a like a sick cloud back into Midgar and is like looking for his old friends and and Aerith. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so I think we are seeing that like break in the timeline. Yeah. And like, I think there are hints of this also where um, in the like, not this trailer, but like the last trailer we saw, we saw shots of like, it was like a Shinra news like broadcast that they had and they showed like Tifa and like Barrett basically like dead Mm -hmm. on stretchers. So I think, yeah, we're going to get like a lot of crazy stuff. I the thing that I was also surprised by is they they showed a lot of um, they were talking about the weapons, Mm -hmm. which are also really late game things. Yeah, like the weapons don't come in until like basically like right towards the end. I have a wild theory that I really wish would happen and I I don't think it will. But do you want to know my theory? Of course. So like one of the big questions is like, where is Final Fantasy seven rebirth going to end? Because mm-hmm. we know this is going to be a trilogy. And obviously the like the expected answer is that it'll end when like Sephiroth kills Aerith or yeah. doesn't in this case, because we don't know what will happen. Here's my here's my take, which I think would be wild. Mm-hmm. I think that Final Fantasy VII Rebirth will be the entire rest of Final Fantasy VII. Mm, that and it'll would be... do everything. Yeah, that would be interesting. And then it gets to like the final confrontation with Sephiroth and then something wild happens. And then the third game in the trilogy is just entirely new. And it's like because because like also we this game is essentially like a stealth sequel to Final Fantasy seven because there's clearly like Sephiroth and Aerith clearly are like fucking with the live stream and they know yes. stuff about like the past and the other version of what happened. So I think it would be really wild if like Rebirth just was all of the rest of Final Fantasy VII. And then the, the third game was just completely new. And you had like, you know, two clouds and like <laughs> Aerith comes back from Aerith comes back from like the other, you know, version of the game. She's like a live stream, you know, apparition. And she's like, listen, here's what's been happening. I've basically been fighting Sephiroth, which like, I mean, Advent Children talks a lot about some wild shit, mm-hmm. but, you know. My brain is just like, I have so many galaxy brain takes you're, on this. You're on, a, you're on another level. That would be cool. I mean, yeah, that would be that would be really fascinating. I think that's maybe too far out, but I think it would be 
cool as fuck if they did. It would be really cool. You want to know my other thing that I wish they would do, but yeah. I know they won't. I think so. Final Fantasy VII obviously has a lot. A lot of things happen through flashback, through like revelation of like plot. Mm-hmm. I think what would be fucking wild and I think you've told me this before. I've told you this is I think we should get to a point where we do a flashback and we expect the flashback to happen, you know, as it would in this game. And then you flash back. And then when you flash back, you're in the PlayStation one graphics. It would be so good. It would be too goofy. It'd be way too goofy, but that would be incredible. It'd be amazing. Anyways. Yeah. If Square Enix was braver, they would do that. Tetsuya Nomura, uh, there is still uh, time to hire me for a reasonable <laughs> consulting fee. <laughs> Make it happen. Yeah, I think it should. It should. You deserve it. But yeah, Final Fantasy VII was like obviously the big thing from this showcase. Everything else was pretty small potatoes, except for Foam Stars, of course. The, the biggest for deal. Foam Stars. Uh, Foam Stars soon open be, beta coming soon out. To be girl mode, Goaty. Yes, we need to have. Uh, Girl Mode V Press Start Foam Stars <laughs> Tournament. <laughs> We're calling you out. Oh my god. Uh, no, there are other things that that were you you alluded to earlier. Uh, the extremely late DLC for Tales of Arise. For Tales of Arise, yeah, which is one of those games where it's like I should finally beat that. Mm-hmm. Um, I put in like ten to fifteen hours of it. I, I did re-download it after the state of play. But yeah, Tales of Arise, which is like supposed to be a really great game like Mm -hmm. i mean i like what i've played of it but people love that game but it came out in 2021 ended yeah then there was like nothing from it yeah it was never like and look out for the next deal you know it's just like no this is just the yeah it was just like okay we made that game and then very suddenly at state of play they were like hey we have dlc it's coming it's coming in november it's going to add like 20 plus hours of content. It's going to take place like it's going to follow up the story and it's going to be free. Like you won't have to pay for it. It's going to be a free. It's very strange. Wild. I love it. I'm here mm-hmm. for it. Like that. it's that's great. But it was so it was just very shocking. Yeah. Yeah. I never finished Tales of Rise either. I played more than you did, but not. I still I don't think that much of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's one that I would like to go back to. I probably need to just like restart at this point. I think I've mentioned before the reason I stopped playing is because I got to a boss fight that I couldn't beat. And my like most your save my file save was, like, was like the beginning of the fight. And I was like, ah, fuck. So I'm kind of you stuck should just there. do what I do. And you should just mod the game to make yourself like overpowered so you can just go through the story. Yeah, I have it on PlayStation or Xbox or something, though. So I can't. Sadly, I think it's on it might be on sale right now. No, I don't know. There's a bunch of Square Enix games on sale, but that's a Bandai Namco game, so forget about it, I guess. (laughs) So it doesn't matter. (laughs) So anyways. Oh, this is a bit of a neat thing, I think. Um, I'm like low-key a Resident Evil fan. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like the series a lot. They announced that, which we had been expecting, but they announced that Separate Ways is coming to Resident Evil 4 Remake, which Separate Ways is the Ada Wong DLC that... It does the thing that like most Resident Evil games did beforehand, which is like you had two different versions of the story you could play through. Um, But Resident Evil 4 is obviously just Leon's story, but Separate Ways was a DLC that they added after that follows Ada's story during it. um, And they're adding it to the remake. So I think that's exciting. I love Ada Wong as a character Mm -hmm. and 
I think Resident Evil games are fun. So I, I was like, and it is also a free update, which I was like, neat, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not much of a Resident Evil person. I liked four, but it was a million years mm-hmm. ago when I played it. But I'm happy for you. Have you played a Resident Evil 2 remake? No. We should we should play that. That's that a really good one, actually. Yeah. It's just not my kind of game. We'll add it to the extensive list of games that we're supposed to play with each other. Yeah. And maybe one day one, we'll start playing maybe one, day any of, one of them will happen. They actually, I thought it was great. They started the state of play with Baby Steps, mm-hmm. which is the new Bennett Foddy game. That game it just makes looks, me so uncomfortable to look at. It does. And I'm very excited about it. I yeah. think I love the idea of like movement being the core mechanic totally. and making it so difficult. Mm-hmm. It does really just look like the next level up from getting over it with Bennett Foddy of yeah. just like even more ridiculous. I I love it. So I'm I'm excited about that game. Yeah, it looks cool. I'll probably I'll probably give it a shot. Um I just it's just it's, it's so it's like such an ugly looking game. I it bothers me. Um like obviously <laughs> intentionally, but it's at. yeah. Yeah. Uh ugh. is that it? I mean you wanted to talk about hell divers. Oh, I didn't really. I just <laughs> We okay. So we were both watching this. Obviously, we weren't like talking about it at all, though. And one of the first mm-hmm. games that they showed at the state of play was Helldivers Two, which is just this like squad shooter game. And I just texted you, "We need to play a mid shooter together sometime." And you knew that I was talking about Helldivers. I did, yeah. The thing that I was so upset about by the Helldivers thing was, first off, for a very short state of play, they spent way too much time on this game. Um, Also, it did that thing that, like, games in the mid-2010s did at E3 that Mm -hmm. I fucking hate, which is they had this, like, long long gameplay segment, and it was about the squad-based gameplay, and so they had, like, fake squads talking happening, and they were like, "Uh, you need to reload, or like, oh, I'm hitting it from the side, and I'm just like, shut the fuck up. I hate this so much. Like, I have a visceral memory of watching The Division, or The Division 2. I think that was, like, the canonically worst (laughs) one, where they were, like, giving, like, SWAT team commands to each other and shit. God, it was the worst. And this just like gave me flashbacks to that. And I was so fed up with it. This was a weird one, though, because they were doing that same like totally fake way that no one talks about. And then at one point, like one of the players killed the other one and she was just like, oh, you killed me. They started laughing. And it was like this weird mix of like, that's the way that people actually talk when they play these games. It's just like yelling at each other. It's not like the blue team move out shit that they usually do, which just I don't know. It just made me laugh. It was very strange. Um. But we should play a so mid shooter we'll, we'll together. Play a, we should yeah. actually, I think we should actually play Remnant Two together because the first Remnant game was good, was really good, and the second one looks really good too. No idea what this even is. Really, it's like a, it's Dark Souls with guns, basically. It's like a just a difficult like shooter, multiplayer. Sure. Uh, or we just always do Foam Stars. Um, <laughs> I thought you wanted a mid one, not a great one. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, not the best game ever made yeah i really god i really hope foam stars is actually great it would I just have be to so say, funny i mean when people previewed it they were like listen everybody like listen guys foam stars is coming for you it would just be so incredible if we all had to legitimately enjoy a game that's called foam stars <laughs> <laughs> square enix stays winning with their names really incredible 
It's I, w- I would love to meet the person who comes up with these names. I would love to be the person who comes up with these names. <laughs> I would take back every bad thing I've said about a Square Enix game. <laughs> yeah. We can go back and edit um, the old podcasts. <laughs> Just delete any episode where we talk about Final yeah. Fantasy 16. So the podcast is now four episodes long. Yeah. I mean, I think that's it from from those showcases. Yeah. So we so, finally get to do what we actually want. Yeah. So what else have you been doing this week, Willa? I've been playing Armored Core. Fuck yes. I'm so Armored Core pilled. Same. It's so We've both had good. this game for like one day and yeah. we are... It's our entire personalities already. Basically what happened is I haven't bought this game because I was like... I was playing like a million games in August mm-hmm. and then I was traveling... And like, I'm about to have to review other games soon. And I was like, I, I was like, I might just try to wait till like November when mm-hmm. they start sending out codes for Game Awards consideration. Yeah. And I'll just get Armored Core. But then you bought it. I mean, yeah. So I mentioned the other week that I was like, thought I would finally have time over that weekend and didn't. And then this week, Thursday, no, maybe it was Friday that I bought it because so I turned in all of my assignments. I had opened at the cafe job that day and I was closing the next day. So I had this like this entire afternoon and then the next day, like the next morning free. I had nothing to do. And I was finally like, could I have decided to finish unpacking my apartment that I moved into two months ago? Sure. Could I do any number of other things that would help me in, in my actual life? Sure. But instead, I bought Armored Core, and I spent that entire night and the entire following morning doing nothing but playing you Armored Core. You spent that entire and night it was playing such a Armored good choice. Core, and I kept messaging you on Discord. Oh, yes. This is You're what happened. so mad at I me. I kept messaging you on Discord because <laughs> I could see you were online. And I would message you like every hour, and you just kept ignoring me. And I was getting so mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was about to just call you. To see if you would pick up. And then you messaged me and you're like, LMAO, hey, this is what I've been doing. And it was just a screenshot of you playing Armored Core. And then yeah. and then I sat down on Discord and you streamed you playing Armored Core for a little bit. So I just watched. Yeah, I streamed the uh, Juggernaut fight to you. Mm-hmm. I think it's called the Juggernaut. It's like the first boss. It's kind of like a mini boss. It just fucking rips. Yeah. And then the next day I was sitting at home and I was like... I think I need to buy Armored Core. And then I just yes. sat down and I bought Armored Core. And then I I played my first sitting. I played for like two and a half hours and I played until I beat Juggernaut. Mm-hmm. And then today before recording, I played more Armored Core and I got up to Baltius. And I've done I, I did one attempt on Baltius and then I died and I was like, it's basically time to record. So, yeah. Baltius is basically like it's what everyone talks about as like the first filter of this game, which is like you hit Baltius and that's where you either need to like like learn what you're doing or stop playing the game. <laughs> and I think that's the point where it really opens up too, because up to that point, you're like there's sort of limited options of what you can equip your mech with and and you know the different strategies you can go with. And by the time you hit the Baltius fight, you have a lot of different like ways you can go about things. And then once you beat Baltius, it opens up so much. You have access to so many more parts. And like, I guess for anyone who's unfamiliar, somehow Armored Core 6 is a mech game from from software. It's a continuation of an old series 
of similar mech games. This is like a very like it's an expansion of that in like in some huge ways. Like it's it's much faster. It is like a really really intense high speed action game, which is something that I tend not to like that much. Like even with FromSoft, like Bloodborne is one of my least favorite of their games because of that. I know, I know, That's I know, wild. I know, I know. But I just, I just that that speed and that aggression are just like not my play style. But in this, it is. It does that so fucking well. I'm getting off track already. I'm trying to explain what the game is, and I can't help but talk about how much I like it. I'm so happy with it. I've 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 become obsessed with it. So okay, one of the big things of this game though is you have a mech, but you don't just have a mech. Like you get to build it out of you pick like every single part of it is interchangeable, mm-hmm. and a huge part of the strategy of the game is like picking the right thing for the right job. And these are very like, big differences. It's not just like you know, uh, you change from a shotgun to a a cannon or whatever. Like you can change, swap out your legs for tank treads. Like that's the kind of shit you can get up to. So it's like deciding how to approach things starts in the building your mech screen, um, which is really, really fun. So you watched me, you watched me play Juggernaut. And I was saying to you at that point, I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to start customizing things because I'd like gotten to that point without really any trouble. And that's where it finally hit me. And so for Baltius, there's a very specific challenge, couple of challenges with Baltius, one of which is that he has a very, a shield that is uh, affected by particular types of weapons. And another is he's just like extremely fast and aggressive. So you need to be able to both like, have some defense against that that extreme offensive power, but also be able to punch through that shield. So it's kind of like testing you at, in these two different ways. So I was having a lot of fun with the Baltius fight of like, you know, swapping out different weapons. There's a couple different things you can use against his shield. The, the best way to beat his shield, I hadn't bought at that point, so I couldn't swap to it, like even like when I was like reloading checkpoints. So I was trying to like hack together a solution I ended up having a really cool build with like plasma cannon on one arm and a bazooka on another arm and then a like a laser cannon on one shoulder and missiles on the other shoulder. And so I would use the, I had like the plasma rifle and the missiles or the the uh, the laser cannon to bring down his shield. And then I would switch to the missiles and the bazooka to damage him like when that happened. Uh, and I was like using the the mech, the the uh, reverse jointed mech. It lets you like jump really high. It's like an extremely mobile one, which is good for avoiding his stuff. And I was having like an incredible time. Like as I'm playing this fight, I'm like, this is the most fun I've had in a video game in like maybe years. Like it's so much fun. But I was like about to go to work that, you know, that day. And so I had to stop and I was like, okay. So I came back, like when I got home from work that night, I was like, all right, well, there's like a pretty challenging level before you get to Baltius. So I'm going to try to just burn through that with what's called a uh, dual trigger build, which is just two machine guns. And then I had like two missile launchers on my back and just like the standard legs, the kind of standard kit and just that. And I was like, I'm just going to blow through this and then I'm going to get to this mini boss that's in the level called Sola and he'll probably kill me and I'll switch to a better loadout then. And then I'll get to Baltius and he'll kill me and then I'll switch to a good loadout for him. And instead, what happened was I took this dual trigger build and I just blew through the first section, got to solo without taking like any damage somehow, 
beat Sola on the first time with that build, didn't die once, used like one healing kit. Then I got to Baltius and I was like, okay, I'm just going to like go for it. And like once he kills me, I'll switch out. And I ended up beating him on the first try with that loadout. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because it was like not challenging at all. Like obviously I like learned his patterns and everything, but I like I wasn't struggling at all. And I really like just like flew through this fight, but it wasn't fun. And so when I beat him, I was like kind of disappointed. I was like, oh, damn, I wish I would have gotten to use this other build instead. Like, I wish I would have gotten that thing because when I was like in that mode, it was so good. And then I finally beat him and I was like, hmm, that's not great. So since then, I've been just building for what I think will be the most fun as opposed to what will be the most effective. And it's like such a good game for that. Like you can really approach things in a lot of different ways. And so I think picking the way that like gives you the fucking adrenaline rush is going to be is like way better than picking the one that's like, you know, optimal. I think for me, the thing that I've been really obsessed with is like, I want to do things like fast and just like hit hard and quick and like just demolish things as quick as I can. That's kind of what I've been going for. Like that's like it's like that speeding speed adrenaline rush. As much as I can, as soon as I could, I started building like lightweight builds and I have the double, I have the like back jointed uh, legs so that I just have like this wild mobility. I do like mostly I rely on the like dual trigger build, which is just like, you know, I don't use a sword or anything. I just have like light machine guns and stuff. It's so fun. Just like anytime I'm like around, you know, just a bunch of enemies just jumping around and doing stuff and then missile locking because I always have like a missile. I have like the um, the eight canister missile thing on Mm -hmm. the right and then I have a laser rifle on the left and then I just have like two machine guns. Yeah, so good. I was running er just earlier today. I had a dual shotgun build (laughs) with like a missile launcher and then I had the shield on the other hand. Yeah. And so I had like a, like a kinetic shotgun and a laser shotgun, and I would just like assault boost into the middle of everyone, just spray them with the shotgun fire and then just put up the shield and dash away. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it's just a fucking blast. The thing that I found myself doing like every single thing in this game that I can, like I mm-hmm. do all the tutorials to get like parts and stuff. I do all the arena fights just because they're so fun. They're great. I, it's the thing that this really reminded me of is it reminded me of Bloodborne, but in a very specific part, mm-hmm. um, which is my favorite part of Armored Core 6 so far is it really lets me like live that Gundam fantasy that I really want. And the best totally. part of that for me is when you're just dueling another Armored Core, like a really tough Armored Core, and you're just dueling each other. Yes. And it really reminds me when you're in those boss fights against like armored cores, like the Baltius fight. It reminds me a lot of Bloodborne when you're doing boss fights against other hunters, Mm -hmm. because Bloodborne is a game where there are basically two flavors of boss fights, which is the beast fights and the hunter fights. And the hunter fights are always the most difficult because it's like they're just like you. They have the same abilities as you. They're just as fast as you. There's like that meme of like the two kinds of FromSoft bosses. And there's one is like a giant towering demon that's, you know, called whatever the demon lord of flame. And that's and you see that and you're like, oh, yeah, OK, I know how to take this guy. And the other kind is you just see 
just a regular looking guy standing at the other end of the bridge and his name is just the captain and you know he's about to like kick your ass for six hours so i'm just like really loving i I think once i unlock multiplayer i just unlocked multiplayer i could really see myself getting into the multiplayer this because like all i want to do all day is like make builds and duel people yeah I've never done like I've never really gotten into the multiplayer stuff in from software games, and I'm so psyched to do it in Armored Core. I got so I my other build that I've been running with. This is the one that I sent you the picture of that I that I finished. It's a another like super mobile like reverse jointed build, but this is my like boss fighting build, and it's a plasma. It's like it's basically what I used for for Baltius. It's plasma cannon and bazooka for just like incredibly heavy damage and then some kind of, you know, combination of missiles and things on the back. And just that combination with the the reverse jointed legs, it makes the strategy of most fights just jump above the boss and just shoot down on them and then dodge everything out of the way. Like I just fought a boss called the Sea Spider and I'm I'm so excited. I this I want you to stream this boss to me when you get to it. It's, I was playing it like just before we did this, and I was like, every time I saw a new move that it had, I just started laughing because it was just so like such a joyful thing to be like, okay, how the fuck am I going to deal with this? And there's just such a pow- such a sense of like power and speed that you get playing this game that is like really kind of unlike basically anything else I've ever played. Like it's you really feel that rush of being like powerful and like kind of scary and you're fighting these things that are like weapons of mass destruction essentially but you are so capable of defeating them anyway that it just makes you feel like a god it's it's such an interesting feeling to play this game and one that like i don't typically associate with with FromSoft games yeah i i very much am enjoying it and i mean we're gonna talk about this more we're gonna come back to this game i just want to keep talking about it we we can keep talking about it forever but yeah that's true yeah and we will do it again on the pod later because we you know i'm gonna i feel like i'm gonna play i'm gonna probably like new game plus plus this game i have to this is it's so good i've seen a lot of people talk about new game plus I've been like I've been avoiding like reading or watching anything about it. I'm really like I'm not a person who like cares that much about spoilers. Like with Baldur's Gate 3, like I know a bunch of stuff that's going to happen and and all this stuff. But with FromSoft games in particular, I think that surprise of seeing like not even not like story things, but like what's going to happen next is such a big part of the thrill that I've been just like I've been wanting to save that for me so that I can have that moment of like something that i didn't expect out of nowhere just utterly destroys me and it's like the most fun you've had like playing a game and that's what this game keeps delivering to me it keeps kicking my ass in the most inventive ways and i i love it for it well i'm looking forward to us talking about this more at a future date but until that time i think that is going to be it for episode 46 of girl mode you can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts uh you can find us at many socials. Some version of Girl Mode Pod will link it in the show notes. Um, you can find me on socials at the Willow, and you can find me at Robin Bombus. You can ask us questions at girlmodepod at gmail.com mm-hmm. or on co-host 
send us your questions. I will keep plugging this until it happens, but we are getting closer and closer to the one year anniversary of girl mode. And I think it will be fun for us to do something on the one year and having questions to answer would be fun. Yeah. If you send in questions, we don't have to think of a different idea. So that would be really helpful for us. Exactly. Yeah. And then in addition, yeah, just uh, tell, tell your handler to, to listen to girl mode. (laughs) Yes. I've got a mission for you, 62. I got a job for you, 621. That'll be it. That'll be it. Bye. Thanks for listening. Yeah, let's uh, let's go back to playing Armored Core. Yeah, seriously. Okay, bye. Bye.